perseverance to me, and especially for many of us in the ultra endurance community, is to consciously suffer. It is a suffering with purpose in mind. We talk about clarity, intention, and purpose. Because we have set our purpose quite high, desired outcome, who we want to be, that future athlete self, that's our guidepost, that's our North Star. And because we're clear on that purpose, it allows us to suffer with purpose in mind, to consciously suffer in the completion of a goal as a reward at the other end. Because we have that purpose, it allows for clarity in the process. We know the process isn't easy. Purpose allows us to suffer. As I talk about quite frequently, and one of my favorite quotes is the way you approach hardship defines you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout, AIM Coach, and this is episode 148 of the Weekly Word Podcast. And a little bit different this week, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's such a joy to be able to be part of this amazing community, to have a part in building this ultra endurance community. I've received so many emails from this listener group from the Weekly Word Podcast who are making significant progress in their endurance journey as a result of this podcast, the coaching, the newsletter, even social media updates. And this week, I received a very impactful one from Patrick. I want to read the whole thing in full because it surely allows us all to appreciate the work so many of you are doing in order to connect with the ultra-endurance athlete within all of us. Hello, Chris. My name is Patrick from Italy, and I'm a big, big fan of the Weekly Word podcast. I would like to thank you for the incredible resource the Weekly Word was to me in the road leading to my first Ironman finish line. Yes, I know, to you it might seem like small stuff with all your outstanding achievements during your life, but to me this event means truly a lot. I taught myself to swim a couple of years ago and fell in love with endurance training for its positive effects on all aspects of my life, from mood, productivity, connection to my body, and adventure. I gradually started viewing movement and training, or what I thought was training in the beginning, LOL, more as a self-development practice than an athletic endeavor. With every ride, I would be able to solve questions and doubts that maybe had been bugging me for a while, and running helped me recognize and strip away many things that were not essential to my life, providing levels of clarity and focus new to me. I then started feeling the urge to test myself, completing some Olympic distance triathlons and 70.3s before deciding to pursue a full distance event this year. Through the Rich Roll podcast, I was introduced to you and subsequently the Weekly Word, of which I am now an avid listener. The Weekly Word was a very useful resource during the training with all the knowledge it contains. Every episode had takeaways and fundamental concept like the athlete's mindset, you gotta do the work, really resonated with me, not only in training, but across the board as lifestyle choices. And heck, when in an episode you said something along the lines of, 
I want to be the fit old dude, was a big inspiration to me. Aim to be fit for life and realizing this is a super cool lifestyle to pursue and integrate for many years to come. Another thing that really had an impact was adventure and nature, which convinced me to include more of those aspects in the training, and boy, it was fun. It took me on many trail runs, hikes, swim run sessions, leading me to new and beautiful places, while at the same time making the training more challenging but more enjoyable also. I was very lucky to be able to race my first Ironman this year at possibly the only event there will be, Ironman Tallinn, Estonia, crossing the finish line. So Chris, thank you. The weekly word is truly awesome and your knowledge provides massive value. I hope one day to set my sights on some adventure and get the opportunity to be coached by you, if there will be a way to do it. Thank you again, Patrick. Well, I really appreciate this email and it touches on so many aspects of what my fundamental mission is, right? To inspire health and fitness by bringing out the endurance athlete within all of us. I've been going through some exercises lately to continue to clarify what my values are. I'm not sure if I really knew them in my 20s and 30s, but I had a vague sense. But I think now in the past years, those have changed. I've grown, I've developed, as we all do. It's become even more clear to me what my truly big picture essential values are. And one of those is this what comes out in this email is your ability to share experiences with others in order for them to feel the joy and the vitality and the love of outdoors and nature like I do. It's not enough for me to just feel it by myself. Of course, it's invigorating. Of course, I come back on certain days excited and happy and full of life, but sharing it with others, whether directly let's say with Emily or my friends, or knowing that others are having this experience is deeply rewarding for me. And that's the inspire health and fitness by bringing out the endurance athlete within for so many of you that I look to have you feel, experience that joy, those, those adventures, that fresh air, that nature, that feeling alive, that being fully connected to all our senses and everything our body has provided us with and the tools we have within in order to be our best endurance athlete selves and how that contributes to all the other aspects of our lives. Hearing Patrick talk about going further further out there exploring, getting to know the boundaries of his community along with the boundaries of his fitness and how he was excited about that and how he pulled joy and pleasure from that. That is too a big part of this endurance community. Our ability to take the fitness that we've worked hard and diligently on and apply it in our general surroundings, in our community, and getting to explore and know our area and our environment better. As I said many months ago, even on Rich's podcast, the better we know nature, the better we know our immediate environment, the better we're connected to nature and the outdoors, the better we will take care of it. 
the better we will feel a sense of ownership in doing our thing to make this planet and make nature a better place for generations to come, for others to experience what we're experienced in order for us to share our experiences in the next generation that they too can take joy and vitality and love for the outdoors with them. And as we pass that on, that's how we hopefully, very much hopefully, have an impact on not only our community, but a greater sense of society with regards to nature, the outdoors, and taking care of it. I feel inspired having read that email. It helps to know that this podcast is making a difference. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I have a variety of emails that I'd like to dive into and a few questions that have come up over the last few weeks with regards to training, especially heart rate training. So I want to discuss those in depth with all of you. But first, I want to talk about perseverance. Perseverance has had its its tentacles in many of our conversations, and it ties into endurance athletes and that healthy and fit lifestyle very deeply. I wanted to dive deeper into why perseverance is such a virtue and such an attainable skill. But with that, what is perseverance? Perseverance to me, and especially for many of us in the ultra endurance community, is to consciously suffer. It's the backbone of a true athlete. It is a suffering with purpose in mind. We talk about clarity, intention, and purpose. Because we have set our purpose quite high, desired outcome, who we want to be, that future athlete self, that's our guidepost. That's our North Star. And because we're clear on that purpose, it allows us to suffer with purpose in mind, to consciously suffer in the completion of a goal as a reward at the other end. Because we have that purpose It allows for clarity in the process. We know the process isn't easy. Purpose allows us to suffer, but suffer consciously with choice because we know it is leading us on the path. Perseverance instills humility and generates respect and perspective in my pursuits. It is humiliating oftentimes on that path. We fail, we stumble. We take a wrong term, but because we have purpose and those mistakes, those trips, those taking wrong turns, allow us to clarify again and then generate more momentum, more seriousness, more respect and perspective towards where we're heading. And because of those failures, because of those miscues, because of those wrong terms, We grow in perseverance. Through perseverance, I've found meaning and true appreciation for my accomplishments as an athlete, especially for all of us, all of you who went pro in something other than sports. It requires so much more perseverance to balance the three-legged stool, to find the time, to not judge ourselves and be disappointed with having missed a workout or not progressing the way we would like to. But that's why we have our future athlete self sitting out there. And that's the backbone of perseverance, once again. 
because we have that vision of who we want to be and how we want to feel at that finish line, at that proverbial finish line, we are showing perseverance along the way. And it gives us meaning and a true appreciation for our accomplishments. They mean more because we're balancing family and career, the three-legged stool, and because we don't have unlimited time. We are no longer in our 20s and can just rest on the couch after a four-hour ride, after a four-hour run, after a two-hour swim when we're exhausted. No, we fuel a bit and on we go, whether work or family, soccer games, community, and so forth. The definition of perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. The difficulty, just doing something despite difficulty. All of you as endurance athletes signed up for something difficult outside of your comfort zone, on the far edge of what we deem is possible. Therefore, we're going to persist in continuing to do it. There's a delay in achieving that success. It might take six months. It might take 18 months for some of you and your goals. They are years away, but that's persistence in doing something despite difficulty or the delay it will take in towards achieving that success, achieving that outcome. Within each person, there's a spark, a spark that only you can ignite that purpose, right? Your vision of a future outcome and your spark will allow you to see a future that is more rewarding, which leads you to setting a goal and which leads you to take action where perseverance is your secret weapon. Again, that spark ignites because you see a future that is more rewarding than today, which leads you to setting a goal. It's like the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. We go down those 12 steps to bring back the elixir, to bring back the rewards and integrate that reward, that finish line, that journey, and the lessons and the trials and tribulations along the way, perseverance. When we bring that back to society, what I call integrate into us because we have that experience, that journey in us, we are then able to give more provide more, carry more insight in our day-to-days when we return from the hero's journey, from our endurance journey. We're a better version of ourselves. That's the curiosity to what athlete you can become. Are you interested in staying familiar and not going on that journey? Or are you interested, curious to create new heights, a new version of you constantly reinventing yourself? Sort of a jack in the beanstalk effect, right? As you keep climbing, climbing, you gain more tools, confidence, keep reinventing, and therefore it gives you more confidence and tools to keep climbing until you climb higher and higher and higher. You are not the same person as when you started climbing up that beanstalk, which by the way, my kids have no idea what jack in the beanstalk is. As I talk about quite frequently, and one of my favorite quotes is the way you approach hardship defines you. How you deal with adversity defines you. Not just because deal would mean 
afterwards, how you reacted and responded to the circumstance. I use that quite, quote quite often too by Nick Saban, the Alabama football coach. How did you respond to the circumstance? The way you approach hardship defines you. Approach I like because it is sort of an action-oriented approaching the hardship. You're still about to get there. You're about to cross the threshold into the dragon's lair to take more of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right? Crossing the threshold is one of the steps. Well, that's where you make a decision to take on the difficult things. Despite difficulty or delay in achieving success, you made that decision. The way you approach hardship, approach hardship defines you. Not the way you react or respond. For sure, that's part of what defines you. But the unique part is how you approach it. I see this event out there. I see the difficulty on the far edge of what I deem possible. And yet I still choose to cross the threshold. Pain is unavoidable in life, but suffering is optional. That's a military quote. And I love that too, as it ties into perseverance, because perseverance means, again, doing something despite the difficulty, doing something despite the pain. Pain is unavoidable in life, but suffering is optional. And many of you have heard that I like to talk about suffering, that it is a choice. What I mean by that is pain plus the resistance to the pain is what creates suffering. Resistance versus perseverance. Perseverance is to consciously suffer, to consciously accept the pain, see it as a reality, as a constant, and move on despite that difficulty, despite that pain. And so suffering is a resistance to the ever-present pain. Is part of our disappointment, lack of motivation due to the fact that we see how vulnerable our desired outcomes actually are. I've talked about this recently. Endurance training and athletics is hard. We never settle. There is no end point. There is always more to be achieved. With regards to perseverance, there's a delay in achieving success. There's always more to be achieved. Yet we continue to persevere to head down the path the journey, to go on the journey. Endurance to be gained or experience to be learned never ends. There is no security of a finish line. There's no security of putting the metal around your neck and feeling good about it. Well, of course it feels good, but we all know that deep down inside there is still more to be gained and experience to be learned. You can be Tiger Woods with all those grand slams and major championships, and there's still more endurance to be gained or experience to be learned. There's always more. There is no security in a finish line. But in all of you, there's a deep curiosity for more. That's why you signed up for this journey. That's why you crossed the threshold. That's why you are willing to consciously suffer. That's why you are showing perseverance. For what is further down this road, you're curious, this trail, this road, this pool, this lake, whatever it is, what is around the next corner? To me, that's pure perseverance, that deep curiosity for more, to learn more, to gain more. 
to consciously suffer because we are curious as to how the path of our fitness and self-discovery and growth might, might unfold ahead. We don't know. And it is because we don't know that curiosity, that potential wisdom we see for ourselves, that's deeply intriguing, hopefully, to all of you. That's perseverance. Perseverance is also not knowing how the path will unfold, but still taking the path. It means standing out there on that diving board, not knowing if there's water in the pool below you or not. It's persevering to stand on that edge and to look out over that and then approach that hardship. Every workout, every time out is an opportunity to work further down that path. Sometimes by discipline and focus. Other times by mistakes and learning. There are many ways to continue on your path. The path as I describe it. And many of you have heard about my philosophy of the path. How it is all unique to each one of us. It is our path. And the bricks come together or the path builds as we take the next step. The older we get, the more that path is uncertain. When we're younger, there's defined paths for kids in school and college and career paths and how to go. But the older we get, the more mature we are, the further down life's journey we go, the less defined that path is. We need to define it partially, but we also need to persevere by taking the next step and trusting it. And trusting it is again a delay in achieving success. Not knowing what the future outcome is, but knowing that there is something there that will make us better. Potential wisdom, who knows. But what is beautiful is that there is always a story along the path. That next step might be uncertain for us. But looking backwards on the path we've traveled, that was at one point uncertain, but because we took the step, it is now a path. There's bricks, it's solid, there's a foundation with it. It looks like a beautiful path behind us. There's stories along it. There's experiences along that path. There's an appreciation waiting for all of us, the endurance athletes along that path, whether looking back with regards to gratefulness or looking forward into the uncertainty with appreciation of knowing it will be our path. That's perseverance. Leaning forward, taking that next step on that undefined path, despite the uncertainty of it, but the perseverance of still stepping forward. It's the ultimate virtue. Now, let me clarify, there is a difference between perseverance and being mature enough to quit. Yes, quit at the proper time. There are things to quit, bad relationships, bad investments, bad choices, bad careers. All of them might require quitting. But that is called discernment, not quitting. What I'm talking about here with all of you is moments in which our desire to walk away comes from a lack of resolve for what we actually know to be the right path. We desire to walk away, step off the journey, step off the path, not cross the threshold, despite it calling us, 
back to the hero's journey. There's a calling. One of the 12 steps in the hero's journey is a calling. So our desire to walk away comes from a lack of resolve for what we actually know to be the right path. We know we need to take that uncertain next step, but we walk away, desire to walk away. I'm talking about our ability to do something despite difficulty, there you go again, or delays in success. This is called perseverance, and in my opinion, quite important and the most attainable of all virtues. Why attainable? I don't really think I need to explain why it is so attainable. It's self-explanatory. It requires no skill. One simply has to keep showing up. You have to just keep taking that step. Just head down that path. Doubt yourself. Show up. Miss the workout? Show up again. Lost it all? Start over. You feel less prepared, slower, less talented than your competition or those around you, than your peers? Show up anyway. Show up anyway. Because the elites might not have set their alarms that day. Those that usually beat you might not have woken up that day or been lazy or not shown perseverance. Like many things, perseverance is not easy. And it probably won't draw a lot of accolades. But it is simple and it is totally under your control. All right, let's dive into some emails here from the last few weeks. Hey, Chris, would love to hear your thoughts on the stride foot pod and running with power. In cycling, we are taught to focus on power, heart rate, cadence, and how arrow you are instead of average speed, that, as that number is most arbitrary number in sport of cycling. Do you think running power can be used as an important tool, or is it just noise, another metric for us athletes to look at? Well, first of all, thank you for the email and the question. I'm not sure if it was meant to be on the podcast, but I like to bring these type of questions and topics up on the podcast. I agree power in cycling is very helpful because especially in cycling, the responsiveness of power is immediate and the heart rate has a delayed effect. So for example, if you're putting out a strong effort, it takes a few seconds for the heart rate to catch up with that strong effort. And when you stop, stop the strong effort, it takes a few seconds or longer for the heart rate to recover from that effort. So it can be tricky to maintain a steady output with the heart rate responding like that. Now, power in running can be helpful, of course. And it's like I say, with many of the inputs that are available to athletes these days via websites or whether via a variety of metrics from Garmin and so forth, recovery scores, things like that. They are all tools. They're all data that you can look at, but not go by, which means they don't dictate the workout but you use them to help observe, notice trends and the bigger picture. Do I use a recovery score or recovery index or recovery time on my watch? No, but do I look at it every now and then just to see if it's somewhere close to how I'm feeling? Yes, and similar with power. Power is actually a very interesting aspect whether it comes to cycling or running because it's relative to you. So if you have enough data and information and history with regards to the power running, you can then observe how you are getting more powerful running. If you can measure it, you can improve it. And so that in that aspect, it is helpful. 
would love to hear your thoughts on the stride foot pod and running with power. I have a similar um, doggle with my Coros watch that I wear when I go running and it shows me power and strike and each leg and so forth. I look at it occasionally, probably like once a week and compare the trends over time. And if there's things I could be doing to manipulate that and therefore learning more about my body. But the overarching theme that I would say for most of this, power on the bike, heart rate zones even, they don't dictate you use them to help gain insight. Now you might say, well, for intervals and this and that, yes, we do use power and heart rate, could be for running as well. Those are specific prescriptions based off of a variety of data to then maximize the training session that we have. So there we want to use the data we have compiled and deemed worthwhile heart rate zones, power zones, and then apply them to the training. We're not being dictated by it to then go out and train. Early on, as we're building our base and foundation, especially in endurance training, we use zones in order to create governor, a ceiling that we don't want to go over because our perception of effort versus our actual effort might be different. But that's the same thing I'm talking about with the running stride aspect and power. Our perception of running power and over time, what is actual running power, that gap, that delta will close. And soon you will know relative to what you're feeling, what your power is, and then you will hopefully have tools and training methods to improve said power, said heart rate, said pace, and so forth. So again, relative to you, the athlete, once you have the reliable data, you can choose to use the relative data to you to then put forth better, smarter, more educated training, more effective use of your training time. I hope that answers it. All right, the next email I have looks to be from Gary. I was finally able to run my marathon this weekend in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and was able to qualify for Boston right on. I ran my first marathon 11 months ago at 3.43 and this weekend at 3.25. I turned 55 in 10 days, yes, a late bloomer, so the time I needed to qualify for Boston is at 3.35. I followed a ton of your advice from your podcast over the last seven months, and that guidance was incredibly valuable for my preparation and race day performance. I wanted to express my sincere appreciation for all your help. I would have not achieved this gold without your help. This gold. <laughs> this goal without your help. The feeling of fulfillment I have since I crossed that finish line is hard to top. And I'm already looking forward to what's next and continuing to build a better version of myself. Well, I was not planning to have another email with accolades, but Gary, I appreciate that. And... I came across this email and it's in my email box because he had reached out a few months ago in March, actually, about the five by one run, five by one mile run test and wanted me to give him his zones and I gave him some zones and so forth. And so that's why it's in my email box. But overall, it just shows again that if you train with clarity, intention and purpose and know why you're doing what you're doing 
and you have the proper tools to, at your fingertips with regards to zones and with regards to progression, you will be successful. As I was saying with perseverance, just keep showing up. All right. Um, I know this next one for sure is a great story of one of my athletes. Again, a self-curated event. And she and her husband were trying to figure out what they're doing with their pretty solid fitness that they've grown over the last few months, especially in quarantine. We went back and forth on some ideas and then she found like three or four and we narrowed it down to one and that was running from Aspen to Crested Butte. And it's a beautiful trail. It's a beautiful traverse. It's quite popular on gravel and more, more mountain bike, but also gravel bikes. But she wanted to run it and it's definitely a running event and people for sure do it. But it's quite an adventure, and especially in September, where you could have snow and so forth. But we prepared for it. It was our first sort of overnight adventure. In this case, the adventure was in the fact that she could have chosen the other adventures that she listed, which would have been one day or an out and back or maybe different forms of that being helped along the way with regards to running a big part of a section of a long, long trail, getting in a car and getting picked up. That's what I meant. But in this case, the fact to run to a location, in this case, Crested Butte, stay overnight or stay a day, which she, which she did, explore a new town, a new area, Crested Butte, and then run back to her car, to their car the following day, sounded like a great adventure. And it was. Hi, Chris. Kevin and I wanted to pass along our gratitude and some pictures from our adventure this past weekend. Chris, thanks so much for not only giving me the confidence and my fitness to do something like this, but for your support and help thinking through the logistics. We had a fantastic time. We made the outward um, we made the outbound trip in just under nine hours and the return trip in just under eight hours. The snowfall that had happened a few days before ended up being beautiful and cooled the weather down in a good way. It was truly unique to walk into town with nothing but the packs on our back. We both had enough fitness to be able to enjoy the day and the views. To be able to share an adventure like this was wonderful and we made memories that will last us forever, her and her husband. Thanks for encouraging me to plan big and do something on the edge of my com comfort zone. Would highly recommend this trip to any ultra runner. I will post some of these pictures that they shared with me because they're truly beautiful on the newsletter as well. It looks like quite a fun adventure. I'm actually sort of jealous in looking at these pictures because what a beautiful, beautiful trail and unique way to just, again, experience your community, your surroundings, your environment. Sure, this ex is extended for her. She's more from Denver area and so heading up to Aspen. But again, it's the playground that's available to her outside of her comfort zone and doing something with the fitness that she's persevered showing over the last eight, nine months. And final question or final email here I want to dive into. First of all, thank you for all your knowledge. I've gotten, oh, excuse me, thank you for all the knowledge, not my knowledge. Um, I've gotten from you and the, your podcast, it's like a Bible. Wow. My main sport is ultra running, but now I got a bicycle to cross train and I'm loving it. 
my focus will continue 100% on running and the goal of the bicycle is to have fun and add volume on my legs. Thank you, Zwift. So heading to my question, I'd like to understand and sh and should I balance the workouts on the bike and running? It's hard to read some of the English sometimes. I'd like to understand and should I balance the workouts on the bike and running in order to maximize the gains for my ultras, assuming executing workouts on the bike is a gain on running. As background, I manage to run 60 to 100 mile a week and usually two speed sessions per week. P.S. Special congrats to and Andre Duarte, one of my former athletes who was national champion in his age group and introduced me to this podcast a few years ago. Cool. P.S. Two, by balancing the workouts, I mean the number of speed workouts to be done on the bike versus run. All right. Well, this is a typical question that I get and it, it gets a little confusing. There's nuance and gray area in it. Now, let's not think that cycling will truly improve us specifically for running. We want to stimulate and work on the limited training time we have on the muscles and recruitment and pounding and movement and neuromuscular firing of our said activity. Now, it's fun to get out there on a bike and there's oxygen uptake and oxygen delivery to the working muscles and physiological benefits of continuing to train to do something like this, of course. Do I feel the benefits of a six hour bike ride in my running? Somewhat. It's a question of the hours we have available. So if you're running 60 to 100 miles a week, <laughs> um, it sounds like you have plenty of time and there an easy bike ride to loosen up and shake out the legs is great while still getting some blood flow going and so forth. But to really specifically hone down and say that cycling is improving my running, I don't think that's applicable. Many might argue with me on that and many coaches might argue with me on that. I'm just saying when we get down to the truly black and white of this, does cycling activity improve running performance versus resting, doing nothing, versus doing another run? Now, I just got done recording a podcast um, of a consult that I did. And the important thing here is that continuing to hone one simple principle. And that is when we are running, that it's quality running towards our desired outcome. Is what we're doing in our limited training time helping us progress our goals? Define limited training time. If we only have six to eight hours or 10 hours a week, of course we want to spend that time running, right? Because we're getting plenty of recovery in between the workouts if we're only training that many hours a week. But if we're training 20 hours a week or 24 hours a week, then inserting a bike ride is helpful. Yes, because it just allows us to loosen up, get the blood flow, get some sweat going, have a variety of other physiological outputs and results. And then the next session, whether it's in the afternoon or the next day, will feel better. But overall, to take speed work even on a bike um, and think it applies to running, not so much. Again, there's mental aspects of it, where if you can suffer on a bike, will it help you overcome and push through suffering on a run better? Possibly, yes. Um, there's surely tie-ins there. 
if I were to overall include cycling into a runner's workout, I would be very careful as to ensuring that the time I'm training is progressing me forward. If I am better off resting, recovering, sleeping, then I would rather do that versus adding another activity that adds to the load, that adds to the stress. As I continue to say, the body knows stress, not what we're doing. And we've talked about this in other aspects. The body doesn't know what we're doing, jumping jacks, hiking, running, swimming, biking. It only knows the stimulus. Well, it only knows stress. It only knows load. It doesn't know what it is we're doing. Not resting, not recovering. It is just another load. And if we're going to add a stress to the load or to our body, we want it to be the sport specific that we're doing. Strength helps the running. Core helps directly to the running. Cycling does not help directly to the running. Is it more fun? For sure to mix it up. Absolutely. Just to make sure that I'm answering this question, I'd like to understand and should I balance the workouts on the bike and running in order to maximize gains in of my ultras? Depending on how many hours a week you're doing, there might be some benefit to cycling. But high quality Zwift workouts or steady state Zwift workouts they're not going to help your running much. I'm sorry. A question I come across frequently is regarding heart rate field testing. It can go so many ways, right? And when athletes take their second or third five by one mile test, not a check-in test, but a follow-up, truly a test best effort, they often ask me, well, what does this mean? And it's hard to say off of one or two or even three tests um, what it means. It's, it's a general trend that we're looking for. And the important thing is to take that data of the test and see if the stimuli of the training affected the heart rate zones and the paces. There's times where the heart rate goes up and the time stays the same. Now people go, well, what does that mean? Well, it can mean a variety of things. It could mean that our heart is beating faster to do the same pace. Does that mean you're in less shape? No, it might be more powerful. I don't know. It might be that your heart rate drops. Now this is frustrating and for many people quite common. Their heart rate goes down at the same pace. Well, many might say, well, that's a sign of fitness. You need less heartbeats in order to do the same pace. Might be, might also be that you have a suppressed heart rate and you're just fatigued. <laughs> and therefore, you didn't rest enough for the test and therefore wasn't as responsive. And it, the central governor of the body is keeping the heart rate down because it's tired. It also might mean that your heart has grown in its capacity to push more blood, pump more blood per beat, and therefore deliver more oxygen via the blood to the working muscles. And so that might be a fitness gain. Then it could be at the same heart rate, the paces have gone down. That is pretty self-explanatory. Or it could be at the same paces, the heart rate has gone up. So it's Across the board, there's many ways to interpret it, and it's not a perfect science. It's only a more perfect science with a variety of tests and inputs and observations to see the trends and how we're going and doing overall with the training.
for my athletes, we do the test initially, and sometimes we do a follow-up test, but we have enough data in the training on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to continue to hone in on where we should be training. The important thing on the testing, especially early on, and for newer endurance athletes, is just to get an understanding of what zone two is, an effective zone two, how easy it truly is, and then maximize the training time there. Because once we have a sense of how easy zone two is and our go all day pace, then we become much better at holding that, feeling that, observing that, knowing how to click into that in the future. And that's a huge learning for many. Many don't embrace it very quickly and fight it and think it's wrong. Then we'll do a variety of tests and eventually we even do blood tests and back to the same thing, still the zone two. Now, might I be off by a few beats here and there? Yes, for sure. It's not an exact science like we said, but it's close enough that they still remain frustrated on how low that heart rate zone is. But yeah, this is all individual. Sometimes we don't want to go down in heart rate because of fatigue, right? Sometimes we do because the heart can push more blood through the body with one stroke, like I was saying. It can go across the board. That's why this is all just data. And we combine it with so many other factors as well. So it's a hard question to answer, but one that often comes up. It's a little bit easier on the bike with wattage, with heart rate, and perceived exertion because then we have an extra input. All right, I think that will do it this week on the Weekly Word Podcast, episode 148. In a few days, I will have another podcast up, a consult I did with an ultra runner that I think will be very helpful and provide a lot of insight into training and the prep for an ultra endurance run. We talked about 50 milers, 50 Ks, marathon training, all kinds of ingredients in order to make the athlete that requested the consult, a better runner, and have a plan for the next six to eight months to go by. Get two out this week. That would be great because next week I'm going to give the Oregon Coast Ride another attempt. We canceled the original one due to the fires, due to the air quality, due to the devastation in the communities, due to the evacuees that were living in those or staying in those communities. And even some of the communities we were planning to ride through being devastated and affected by the fires because they too were being evacuated. So we had an alternate route planned and figured out, but then due to the air quality and just the overall vibe of the situation, given the uh, dramatic situation that it was, I did not feel comfortable taking 20 cyclists through some of those communities and pretending and acting like nothing was wrong, like our lives had not been impacted by some of these tragedies and these difficult situations that so many affected by the wildfires here in California and Oregon have to go through. So we're going to give it another attempt next week. I'm going to fly up midweek in order to try to put together another Oregon Coast Drive the challenge is still wildfires now here in Northern California, Napa County, and some of the outlying Northern counties as well. Hopefully, hopefully things will start improving around here. Oregon luckily got three, four days of rain last week. So that really dramatically helped the situation and cleared out the air for us and so forth. And now I feel 
And I might be wrong. Maybe I have the wrong perspective on this. But I feel now spending some time and some money and supporting those communities that we will be riding through with some tourist dollars, I think is better than just avoiding them. So I hope to complete that next week. And one of the things we talked about today on the podcast was perseverance. I want to follow through on this Oregon Coast Ride because I said I would. We've all had so many things canceled this year, so many adventures and experiences that we were not able to have. And I still want to be able to try and fulfill this adventure this experience, these new roads for so many who are joining. I look forward to sharing that experience again with others, like I talked about earlier. Am I going to force the situation? No, of course not. But if the weather looks clear and the situation, given the fires and given the communities, is acceptable, we will push forward. So that'll be fun to report on and share next time on the Weekly Word Podcast. Everybody have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. As I said in the beginning, it's so appreciated. All the inputs, the emails, the feedback I receive, and the loyalty of you, the listener, downloading this podcast every week. I also have an interesting few guests coming up, so things will be quickly moving forward here with the Weekly Word podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe, stay fit, stay healthy, stay connected to that outdoors. Stay immersed in nature if you can. Let go out there. Exhale. Find that connection and appreciate it in order to give it, nature, back even more. And while you're out there, while you're experiencing it, while you're living and immersing yourself in it, remember, you're continuously bringing out the endurance athlete within.